What's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys to another Barely Mentioned podcast. Today is going to be an exclusive one. We're going to be doing a live q and I'm back at work, as you can see. Um, the day is over. We just had some teacher work day meetings. But I wanted to make sure I stay consistent and make sure I make some time out for you all um, to, to, to ask your questions. So for the whole rest of the week, possibly next week or two, I'm probably going to do all Q&A. So if you have any questions about manhood, about men, about relationships, about God, or whatever, feel free. What's going on, favorite one? Go ahead. I'm on my phone, so I may not be able to see all y'all comments like I normally do. But if you're watching live, do me a big favor. Uh, give this video a thumbs up. Share it. Uh, comment. Engage. I'd love to talk with you all. Also, if you're watching this later, whether on YouTube or listen later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, engage with me there. Let me know what you're getting from these. Glad to catch this live. What's going on, sweet Pete? But let's get right into it. I got about 25 to 30 minutes because Coach is about to get buckets today. So I got about good 25 minutes to answer your questions. What's going on, Jordan? Hope y'all doing exceptionally well. Hope y'all's Mondays are magnificent. I hope y'all having a marvelous Monday. So I'm ready to answer you guys' question. Hope you guys enjoyed um, the content from the Good Guys podcast and other content that, I may have, that I've posted throughout the last few days or so. I hope this channel is a blessing. Hey, Coach, always appreciate you. Appreciate you, too, for all you guys following me and rocking me this whole time. So who's got the first question? I'm ready for you. Big test on Wednesday. Oh, you got this, Jordan. The greater seat is in. You started to show yourself approved. You're going to be all right. What's up, Delika? But I'll make sure, Jordan, I add that to you. Add it to my prayer what to tell your sister-in-law when when brother is being unfaithful? She confides in me. What to tell your sister-in-law? Make sure. Uh-oh. What to tell your sister-in-law when... Um, This is what I would do. I would have a conversation with the brother and say, look, man, th this is what's going on. You know good and well that your wife confides in me, and I'm just giving you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get your life together. Get it right. After that conversation, then you go to God and say, God, listen. My brother's not being faithful. Uh, um, um, I need you to really bring some conviction to him because I think he's about to ruin his marriage. Let God do that part and 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 stay out of it. You know, this is what I would do. I would go to him, go to God, and and um and just and just just stay stay in your place because what you don't want to happen is is that if you give that young lady uh, if you tell her that her husband's cheating on her on cheating on her and then all of a sudden she don't believe you or feel whatever because she's gonna go home to him and if he and if he's manipulative you see what i'm saying then he's gonna try to spin that against you and you don't want that so what you need to do is just make sure you go to him go to god and say i know what you're doing i'm gonna go to god about you and her but i think you need to either stop what you're doing now while you have mercy or you need to go tell your wife either way i wouldn't i wouldn't get too caught up in that uh, and but God will set the stage for that marriage to to have what it needs. I hope that helped. Oh, she knows he's cheat cheating. Wow. So what I would do is leave it to God. You know, let God deal with that. Let the brother know. Yo, she knows what's going on. Whoop the whoop whoop. I think you need to you know change things up. But but um but leave that to God because what you don't want to be is in the middle of a mess. And all of a sudden, then you get messed up in the process. Hope to help. And I see who else got questions. Good questions, y'all. Good questions so far. Hey, Coach, I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank you so much. All right. Sorry, y'all. I got, I, you know, I got this. I got my phone today. I don't have my laptop to do my regular way. My daughter's father is being sent to me as a distraction to stop my blessings from coming. How do I stop that for good? Him being sent to me as a distraction. 
establish your boundaries and be and be serious about them. Listen, you control your space. You know what I'm saying? You have to just go to him and, and be straight up with him. Listen, I don't want you around X, Y, and Z. I don't want you around my space. I think you crowded my space. I think you become a distraction on purpose. So I need you to adhere to these boundaries. Then, but you got to be committed to those boundaries. And so what I tell a lot of young ladies when it comes to situations, because you can't control, because that's your daughter's father, is that when you establish those boundaries, you have a conversation with them. Have a conversation about those boundaries and be serious about those boundaries and get support systems involved if need be whether it's paper a contract or get, get whoever you need to get involved but uh but but you got to make sure you stay true to those boundaries because a man is going to continuously try to invade the enemy is going to be is going to try to use anyone and everyone that's closest to you to be a distraction so what you have to do is establish your boundaries <clears throat> communicate your boundaries and be committed to those boundaries and if he doesn't want to do that then, then God will deal with him. And that's the beautiful thing about you being God's daughter. God will take care of that situation for you. What's going on, Autumn? Girl, we almost in school. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see you back in school, Autumn. All right. How do I fast effectively? I did a 21-day water fast, but three days seems impossible and God isn't giving me grace on it. Then don't do it. Don't go where there's no grace to do it. You see what I'm saying? If God is not giving you grace to do the fast, then there's no purpose for that fast. And if God is not giving you the grace and there's no purpose for the fast, there won't be a return off that fast. So what you do, the best, the most effective way to fast is an obedient fast. A fast that God is telling you to get on because he's stripping things out of your life. He's drawing you closer to him to, to prepare you uh, for the next phase of your life. But a lot of people fast. Nothing wrong with fasting if it's from health for health purposes that you're just doing it just to get your back, not your back, but your body and but when it comes to uh, 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 fast, whether it's without food or long periods of time with just water, make sure that it's because of God telling you because you don't want to just fast and then you don't really get no breakthrough. You don't get no real purpose from it. So the most effective way to fast is to be obedient to the one that, that is calling you to the fast. Any other fast is for health purposes and, and, and use wisdom on those as well. All right. Hey coach, quick question for you. I'm a Christian and the guys, I'm a I'm a Christian and the guys that I'm with says he's willing to pray and go to church with me, but not necessarily become a Christian. Is that enough? No. No. It's not enough. You're wasting your time. You see what I'm saying? If a guy wants to go halfway on a on a on a full on a full path, that man ain't worth you leading because that man's supposed to be supposed to be a leader. He's supposed to lead the family. And if he's only willing to go halfway with God, imagine how far he's going to go with you. Any man who's not committed to God is not going to be committed to you. If a man is only willing to go to church with you, but will, is not willing to sacrifice and submit his life for the salvation of his soul, only thing he is doing is playing the part to get you to do what he wants you to do in relationship. So what I would do is, I'll off that fruit of loan, I would distance myself from that relationship, I will, I will move it. I would just get out of it because, because if the man is not willing, um, I want him to love God and be committed to God, not for me. Yeah, you got to let him be on, be with him and God. The prodigal son's father did not follow the prodigal son in his, in his journey. The prodigal son's father let the son go do his thing and trusted God in the process. And in trusting God in the process, God brought that prodigal son back to the father. But that's not a guarantee for you. 
You see what I'm saying? That's not that's not a that's not a guarantee for you that if you let this man go and find God, that God's gonna bring him back to you. But you have to let him go because he's not willing to go the full duration for himself. So if you love yourself, you will let him go. If you love him, you will let him go and give yourself time um to really trust God in the process of him bringing the right one in your life. But don't get so caught up on 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 being a a a, a, a savior in a man's life who's not willing to go wholeheartedly. And and even if you have a conversation with him, he may try to switch it up and be like, well, okay, I'll give my life to Christ, but but there may not be no fruit there. So the wisest thing that I would do is, is to really count it as loss and say, you know what? I deserve better. I deserve a man who is willing to go. My wife, what's going on, baby? Well, you need a you need a you need a man that's gonna go the full duration. Why is he only gonna go to church but don't want to go to Christ? A man that's only gonna go to church is trying to do whatever will appease you to get them pants off of you. You see what I'm saying? So what you need to do is let him go with God and let God take care of him. God take care of you, and you'll be all right in the process. Hope that help. All right, good questions. I'm sorry, y'all. For those who's watching later, I don't have no sturdier way to, uh, there we go. Oh, okay, okay. Come back to church last week and he said he wanted to get back together. Oh, I told him no. I'm sorry, y'all. This is, this is gonna, let me see if I can switch this out with something else that ain't gonna make it. One second. There we go. That's better. I told him no, but him and his family all go to my church. Oh, okay. How do I treat him and them? His family is very nice, but I'm just being protective of my heart and just pursuing God. You know what? Life is about handling conflict, handling situations that may not be comfortable. And all you got to do is be cordial. All you got to do is be nice. All you got to do is, is just do whatever within that out two or three hour span and go on about your life. You owe nobody nothing. You owe him nothing. You owe them nothing. You owe yourself everything. So what I would do is I would continue to be nice. Keep your boundaries. Keep your space. Do what you need to do to make sure you good at the end of the day. Good questions. Man, I miss my laptop. My laptop is a little bit more efficient than this. All right. All right. All right. Amanda says, hey, coach, I'm in a long distance relationship and I've been back and forth to visit him. But what? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Let me let me let me finish a question. Let me finish a question before I, before I get in my feelings. Hey, coach, I'm in a long distance relationship and I've been back and forth to visit him. But when I ask him to come see me, he makes excuses and tell me, no, is this and and no man. Listen to me very closely. No man should allow a woman to come see him. Do you know what kind of category that puts you in? Do you know do you, do you know what that does to the psyche of a woman that she's driving to him to come? Listen, I would end that thing right now. I would end the relationship right now because you are more valuable than going out there, going and taking your gas money, taking your time to come see him. And when you ask him to come see you, he's making excuses. Well, then I need you to exit stage right out of their relationship and say, excuse me, since you're making excuses not to come see me, I'm going to excuse myself as racial because I deserve better. And ladies, listen to me closely. There is a part a man needs to play in the pursuing process. No man who really cares and honors your position 
as a woman, let alone if we get to a higher position as you a daughter in God will even think about you driving long distance to come see him. If a man makes you want to come see him, then he is too lazy to lead. You don't want no lazy man to lead. A man that wants you to do everything for him. You're not his mother. You're not picking up his clothes. You're not doing things for him. You got to let that man go and level up in the process and see your value for who you are. I, I hate to think, like my mom would say, I hate to think. Don't you, don't, don't, I wouldn't take another trip. And if he makes a skip, listen, I would just end it right now. Let that, let that, because that man is treating you. It's probably because you're really nice. It's probably because um, a lot of women sometimes give these boys uh, wife treatments. Boys don't know what it, don't know how to manage a wife. They don't know how to receive the the, the, the beautiful uh, traits that comes from a woman, let alone a wife. So what they'll do is they'll get so comfortable with that and make no effort in the process. So what I would do is end that relationship. You, I, you don't you don't deserve to be driving for no man and he's making excuses to come mm-hmm mm-hmm let me let me let me amanda you deserve better than that hello i'm struggling with interacting with other women as a single man focus on a purpose how do i work on not coming off too frilly and having a woman get the wrong idea um there's two things number one that's great that you're asking a question because now you have to self-assess your life and say what am what could I be doing that could be possibly leading a woman on? But secondly, you can't control what a woman thinks. You can be you can you can wave, you can you can be nice, and they'll still take that as you're interested. So what I would do is always self-assess, grow from those assessments when you're interacting with the young lady, and making sure you keep things short. The best way to ensure that no one gets the wrong idea is to make sure your interactions with the opposite sex is short. Now, if you're in a business or ministry relationship with a young lady, when you, you're serving together or working together, make sure you keep your distance. Make sure you keep your, your jokes to a minimum, if not at all. Missy Omahan and Miss Cunningham, if you could please come to the office. Keep those interactions to a minimum. Don't get so uh, uh, flirtatious. Make sure you guard yourself. Set, set the tone. Make sure everything's a pound. Make sure everything is whatever. And just really make sure you position yourself as a man. Treat them as a daughter of God and a sister in Christ. That's all you got to do. If you have a daughter in God and sister in Christ mindset with every young lady, then you will treat them as such because you know the differences between interacting with the young lady you have no interest in and interacting with a lady you do have interest in. And if that's blurred and gray, then that's when you have to establish boundaries within your own personality. Miss Harris, can you please come to the office? Miss Harris, please come to the office. In your own personality, to make sure you say, okay, when I'm around women, let me just keep things at a minimum. Let me be a minimalist when it comes to interacting with young ladies. And 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 if and if I see things going too far, then I know what to do in the process. Hope they help. Man, I miss my laptop, but I'm not gonna complain. Coach, I'm a single mother of three and I can't take the circumstances I'm in. So I'm thinking about the military, but my mom is against it. What do I do? Coach, I'm a single mother of three and I can't take the circumstances I'm in. So I'm thinking about um, Aries. What I would do is it doesn't matter what circumstances you're facing right now. God is in the midst. There's been situations that I found myself in that I thought was unbearable, but, because, but through the grace of God, I was able to bear them. 
You see what I'm saying? Things may be difficult now, but these difficulties will develop the individual you need to be for the next level. I would not make a decision off of emotion. I would not make a decision off of uh, intellect. I would make a decision right off a discernment from God. So what I would do within the next two weeks is number one, tonight I want you to go to God and say, God, I need to hear from you. God, I am struggling. I, I'm, I'm hurting and I need to know that you're real. Lord, I believe that you would tangibly let me know today that you are real in my life. I have concerns. I have things that are stressing me. I'm casting my care on you. And once you do that, the peace of God, I'm telling you, any God hears every prayer there is prayed from a sincere heart. So when you go to God and you tell, you tell him honestly from your heart, the peace of God, I promise you, would immediately wrap him itself around you, letting you know that he's heard. Now, what I want you to do for the next two weeks is I want you to um, uh, um, uh, remove all clutter. I want you to really position yourself um, to hear from God. And every day after tonight, I want you to I want you to give praise. God, I believe that I receive from you. God, I know I hear from you. A good God. God, I know you my you uh, meet every meet you will meet all my needs according to riches and glory. I know that you're on the count of a thousand. God, I know you're my provider. I know you are here with me. You're near the brokenhearted. God, I thank you that you're healing my wound, giving me wisdom. And watch in about a week or two, you will have the clarity that you need to move forward. It happens for me every single time, but you have to push away anything that may come against that peace that you initially feel after you petitioning God, and then you fulfill the rest of your days with praise, letting God know that you believe, because sometimes you have to speak it to believe it. You see what I'm saying? You have to speak it to believe it. You have to allow it to come out of your mouth until your mind is convinced. Sometimes you got to speak the word out of your mouth until your mind is convinced. Okay? That's what you do. I got time for about three or four more questions. Let me see what I got here. Man, I love these Q and A's. I want to love, I want him to love God and be committed to God, not from, okay, we already, okay, we already got that. Just Me says, what do you do when you have a strong discernment and are a seer, prophet, and you know there are people in ministry with you who operate in pride and envy and the leader can't discern it? You sit there and be quiet, relax, let God, let God do his thing because what you don't want to do is, is face within your own self a person with pride. There's two types of people you'll need to face without God. People of pride and people with idolatry, which is a form of pride. Those people can be violent. Those people can be demeaning. Those people can 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 call. Will start calling you so welcome. Mary's will call. Start calling you crazy. So what you do when God tells you something? Unless God tells you to tell them, I'll sit back and watch God deal with the situation. Because if you speak out and God is not telling you to speak, then change won't happen, or you will bring unnecessary conflict in your life. But when God tells you to do, the judgment will hit the house. The wisdom will be given, and they have to go with it. But you have to make sure. God is telling you don't uh, don't distribute information without God's leading okay even as a prophet God will show you things that he wants you to be quiet for until they ask you to interpret the dream until they ask you to tell you what whatever whatever but always in ministry be led by God because some some of the uh, most crazy angry uh, uh, mean people are in ministry unfortunately man good questions y'all are these just relationship questions? No, these questions about anything is mainly about men, but uh, but but I'm answering all questions. I'm going to be doing Q&As possibly for the next two weeks as I get myself adjusted into school because um, developing messages and stuff like that can be a lot of work. 
um, unless the Holy Spirit drops something in my heart for me to do. How do you tell a non-Christian woman you're waiting on sex and still be macho? Tell them straight up. Hey, listen. A real man is a kept man. A man who got self-control over his loins, that's real man. You know what I'm saying? A man whose self-control is in God. <clears throat> that, listen, <clears throat> you don't got to prove nothing to the woman. If she's not a woman of God, then, then you don't got no dealings. To, you shouldn't even be wasting your time with her. Because if you got to, if you got to, um, how can I put this? Um, if you got to uh, um, tell a person that, then that person may not be the one for you. That person may not even be worth your time. If that person wants sex, but you got to tell them that you can't have sex, then that's going to be shocking to them. But that's nothing below, uh, that's tr that's real manhood. A real man says, listen, I've been saying it all my life. I'm a virgin. I don't got no problem. There was no shame being a virgin. You know why there's no shame being a virgin? You know why there's no shame waiting until marriage? Because I don't got no baby mama drama. I don't got no STD. I don't got nothing in my life, and this ain't no knock against anyone else. But I'm saying, listen, as a man, be pure, bro. Being pure is real men. That's what real men do. Real men says, I got self-control of my loins. Happy, happy, uh, so, so, say, happy money to you, too. You see what I'm saying? Listen, you, bruh, I don't care what she got to say. Ain't nobody, people questioned my manhood when they thought I, when they, when they knew I was a virgin. People called me gay. People said all kind of jokes. But look at my life now. Who cares what people got to say when you're following God? The Bible says, let every let God be true and every man a lie. You stay faithful in your purity, and let's see what she says. If, if the question comes up, but the fact that she's not a Christian, I would just count my losses and really question myself on, am I content with my singleness? Am, am, I, am, I, am I okay with being pure sexually? Because if you're not okay with your singleness, if you're not content in your purity and content in your singleness, then you're going to try to hide those different aspects to yourself and you will set yourself up to fall. Hope they help, bro. There ain't nothing wrong with being a man and keeping himself. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh, man, good questions. What advice would you give? Okay. How do you tell a non-Christian woman you're waiting on sex and still be macho? Just tell them I'm waiting on sex. You know what I'm saying? JS4 says, what advice would you give a young adult <clears throat> about forming friendships in college? What strategies would you recommend young adults to build and remain strong in faith? Good question. Uh, what advice would you give young adults about forming friendships in college? Okay. And what strategies would you recommend young adults build to remain strong in faith? This is a very powerful question. Um... Friendships should be given by God. My closest friends were selected friends, and I didn't even select them. They were strategically placed in my life, and time to prove them to be my friends. You see what I'm saying? So what I would tell you is going to college, being you, you and God being best friends. That's what would help you. You and God being BFFs. The thing about you and God being best friends forever is that when you go into college, you're fully content in your friendship with God and you have no need for other friendships. You may want friendships, but you don't need friendships. People who need things, they need things for perverted reasons or for identity reasons. So I need these. I need friends so I can feel a certain type of way. I need friends so that I can do X, Y, and Z, whatever, right? But when you are content in your friendship with God, you can go anywhere alone and be full of company. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter who's in my life or not in my life. Because I got God, I got my wife, I got my family, I'm good. I got good friends. And if you're in college right now, the greatest friendship that you need to invest in right now is between you and God. 
Okay, because when you grow in that, then you will begin to see God select the individuals and you will begin to see the divine residue on them, giving you the confirmation that you need that this person is supposed to be in your life at the moment. Now, you also have to understand that not all friends are going to be there with you to the end. Some people are seasoned, seasonal individuals who are in your life seasonally, but there will be individuals that God brings to your life. But you have to let him do the selecting while you in while you embrace the relationship that you have. Now, for your second question is what strategies would you recommend young adults do to build or remain strong in their faith? The Bible says, um, build yourself up in, in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Right. So conversation with the Holy Spirit, growing in the things of God is what's going to help build your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right. So in order to build my faith, I have to hear the word of God. Now, the hearing of the word of God does not only mean I got to go listen to a preacher or a video. Hearing the word of God is coming from and communing with the spirit of God. When I read my Bible, I read it with the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to read the word to me so it could become alive and help with the nuances in my life. Because I'm allowing the spirit of God who knows the deep things of God, the depths of God, to be able to give me insight and revelation of what I need to do in my life. The reason why... Many young people fall away is because they haven't built their foundation. See, the people want to be flashy, but nobody wants to be fundamentally sound. You, I want to be a fundamentally sound believer so that when I am on stage or when I am in front of people, when I create resources, people know that I have been, that I have the flow of the Holy Ghost in me and my roots are founded in God. And when you build that through disciplines by reading your word and petitioning and praising and praying with God and growing in the things of God, studying the attributes of God, getting to know him, allowing the Holy Spirit, making you deeply aware daily of how he's uniquely guiding you in your life, which will then deepen your relationship and understanding and how God moves uniquely in your life, then you will begin to see your faith build. But the best way to see your, to get your faith started is to see God's faithful track record in your past. When you look back and see how faithful God has been, it will birth a fervency in you that will lead you to want to walk with God and get to know him in a deeper way, which would then begin to open the door for, for, for your faith to grow. And the, the best way for your faith to grow is number one, get into the word of God, fellowshipping with the father and making sure that you're doing the fundamentals you need to do daily to ensure that your faith grows. If you go to the gym, but lift no weights, you don't get strong. If you go to church, if you go in your prayer time and things with God, but you never apply what you need to apply fundamentally, you ain't going to grow. So that's the advice I would give. For you on that, I, I'm, I'm going to do a lot more videos for for kids and young people in college in their 20s because I get a lot of emails from you all. Um, but you got, but it's all about your mind being renewed. You got to know who you are in Christ. It's your righteousness of God in Christ. You also got to know that you got to cooperate with the sanctification process, right? There's a lot of different things that you have to do um, to 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 in, in the embracing of the work of Christ that will spawn you to work and to remain faithful. Purpose is the core of that. The person of God and purpose will keep you uh, um, patient, will keep you poised, will establish the right pace, and cause you to be productive. When I, when God told me to write my book, at probably at your age, when I was 21, uh, 20 or 21 years old, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. 
Thank you so much. College has been an eye-opening. Yeah, and, and, but, but you got to be productive in your purpose. Purpose will have you miss out on what things that were meant to be distractions. Because when you're tunnel vision and you focus on your purpose, listen, I'm so thankful that the 21-year-old Josh wrote that first book. I'm so thankful that the young Josh at, not at 20, 21, 22 was active in his purpose because now this Josh, me right now, is benefiting off of his sacrifice. Was it easy for him? No. Did he get talked about? Yes. Did he get? Did he have internal struggles? Yes. But this Josh right now is so grateful that I wasn't caught up in friendships, that I wasn't caught up in distractions, but I was productive in my call. Hope that helped y'all. Good questions, y'all. Man, good questions. I wish I can get to them all. I got time for maybe two more and I'm done. Coach, God was giving me signs to let someone go and I ignored it. And the second go around broke my heart. More, how do I forgive myself and what God give me? Yes. Yes. Everyone listen to me closely. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how many mistakes you have made. If you learn from that last mistake, God is not going to give you some off the clearance rack blessing. A lot of people who struggle with condemnation find it hard to go to God because they think God's going to give them something off the clearance rack. No, no, no. God's good for those who listen. When the prodigal son came to himself and came back, they didn't kill a, a sickly calf. They killed a fatted calf. They killed the best calf. He killed such a good calf that the older son, the other son, got offended by it. The, the prodigal son's father then was like, well, oh, you wasted all my money. You wasted all this time and resources. I'm going to give you the sickly calf. We No, they celebrated as if it was, as if he never sinned, as if he never left. That's the same thing God is going to treat you. God ain't going to give you another clearance rack, especially if you take the time to learn from the last mistake. You got to forgive yourself. You got to see yourself in the eyes of God, knowing that God loves you deeper than your mistake, that God chose you to be his daughter. God chose you to be his son with your future mistakes in mind. He knew that you was going to make a mistake. And just like a parent just doesn't get mad at the first or second or third or fourth or fifth time that their son or daughter falls off the bike, just like God is not. God knows you're going to eventually ride because if he didn't know you was going to eventually ride, he would have never chosen you. But the fact that he knew that you was going to ride one day and not fall like you used to, he was able to walk you. Get back on the bike, baby girl. Get back on the bike, son. Keep riding because one day you going to be riding effortlessly in this life. God loves you. You see what I'm saying? God loves you. Now, does he love your sin? No, but he's in it to win it. You know what I'm saying? He chose you because he knew you was going to choose him. He chose you because he knew that you was going to eventually allow him to come into your heart. God ain't going to give you no man off the clearance rack. If you, if you learn from your mistake, life is about wins and lessons, not wins and losses. If you learn from it, you can earn from it. If you learn from it, you can earn from it. And the same God who, who, who blesses this person who's never made a mistake is the same God that's going to bless you if you learn from your mistakes. So don't think that. There's a lot of people that message me thinking that God ain't going to give them no man of God. God ain't going to give them no woman of God. God ain't going to give them the wife and the husband that they want. No. What God is that? No, none of us would have got the right one because every sin in the eye of God is bad. It doesn't matter the consequences or the circumstances in your life. If you allow God to change your mind and change your habits and remove the clutter with your cooperation, 
then then God will give you something that that's that's that was originally in his plan. But if you never learn from your mistakes, then God can't really bring because you're not learning from it. But don't ever think that God is not going to be who he says he is in your life. Don't ever think that because you made many mistakes in your past that God is not going to give you what you desire. Listen, God ain't that type of God. The same prodigal son's father who killed the fatted calf for, for his son was the same one that killed his son for you so that you can be brought into freedom. And he says, you know what, because you accepted my son and you allowing my son's spirit to regenerate you, renewing your mind to a renewed life, I'm gonna give you my best. That's it. But if you don't believe it here, then, then, you, then you're just gonna stay in a level of non-productivity and condemnation keeping you from getting what you need in life. Love you guys, I gotta go. I'm gonna do another Q&A tomorrow, same time around three or 3.30. I love you all, I gotta get my name on the board so I can get in this hoop session. I'm coming back. All right guys, let me go ahead and go before this thing doesn't load and help you all guys later. But website, iamunplugged.com. Let me know if you need me. Peace.